Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 216. John and Wendy, welcome back. And Tomkinson. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. We're in April. Oh, wow. A little a little while back, I gave you a geography quiz. Oh, and, and I think yes. it was I think it was popular with the listeners. It's it's always interesting so. to see where we yes. are. We're going to mix yeah. it up a little bit, though. Okay. Last time I asked you about countries and, and okay. outside outside yes. the United States yep. where, where we were popular, where people are downloading and listening to us. And we do appreciate all those international listeners. Yes. We're going to bring it home, though, this time. Okay. Okay. We are in April, so we know what our March numbers look like. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the top five states Oof. for the month of March 2022, download-wise? Okay. Uh, number, well, Ohio has to be in that number because there's, there's a good contingency of folks in Ohio. Um, I'm going to say California, let's do New York. This is, this is where it gets hard. This is where it gets tricky. Uh, I know that, um, I know it's not South Dakota. Um, Let's let's say uh, Virginia and Texas. All right. Interestingly enough, March was very different than most months, and I'm not of sure why. It was. I, we we can't sit here and try to figure it out because <laughs> none of it makes sense. It doesn't. Uh, we, we're just it excited doesn't. that people are listening. <laughs> I think you're going to be a bit surprised though, because okay. I know I was. So number one for March was Texas. Okay. Number okay. two, New York. All right. Number three, the fine Commonwealth of Virginia. All righty. Number four, California. California. Okay. I'm and number four. five, Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Michigan. Michigan. Ohio, we're disappointed. We both feel like we're adopted HR professionals. As a state, you have embraced us. Right. I was shocked right. that they weren't in the top five. If yeah. your state's not mentioned, share the show with your friends. <laughs> tell them to listen. And maybe next month, you'll be in the top five. Yeah. Michigan, that's interesting. That's interesting, though. Hmm. I was a bit surprised, too, because I, w- I would always say Ohio. Right. But unfortunately, right. our Buckeyes let us down in March. Guess we're going to have to start cheering for the... Uh... Oh, no, 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 no. We can't cheer. <laughs> As someone that attended another Big Ten school, I, I could never cheer for the maize and oh, no, I, blue, I, whatever I, colors. They're, you know, what, blue and yellow, yeah, whatever. Blue and yellow. Can't do it. Blue and yellow, because that's... I mean, well, that's, that's what we are here in South Dakota in... Um, in the jackrabbits are, are blue and yellow, coyotes are red and white. I get it. I'm not supposed to be cheering for the jackrabbits because I was a coyote. But a uh, quick shout out to the jackrabbits. By the time this comes out, the game will be over. But the jackrabbit women's basketball team is playing in the WNIT championship tomorrow, cool. nice. um, April 2nd. They beat UCLA last night by three in the last second. <laughs> so Very cool. Very fun to uh, to watch them go, and uh, the USD women actually made it to the uh, Sweet 16 for the first time ever um, in their first uh, trip to the dance. So, shout out to women's basketball, collegiate women's basketball. They are rocking it in this uh, this season, at least from South Dakota. Maybe we'll get a pop from downloads because of our mission. Yeah. Those illustrious teams. We hope we do. I hope so. I hope so. Wendy, I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for today's guest. Yes. As she said, when we got started, it's like, been a long time. Yes, it has indeed. 
We've got a lot to talk about. I don't really know what introduction you're going to make, but I'm going to turn it over and let you get, we'll get started. We, you know what? We don't need to introduce Anne. She's, she's been on the show. You do need to go back and listen to the OG episode with Anne. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but if you don't know her, you need to find her on Twitter, find her on LinkedIn, follow her um, and, and get to know her. So, and so excited to have you back on the social hour. First question, always what is in your glass? Thank you so much. And also, that was like a really gracious cover you both just did of Anne forgot to send us her bio. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm sorry. Uh, water is in my glass. I am endeavoring to uh, stay hydrated in an effort to not not right now, but in general, I am endeavoring to stay hydrated more in an effort to stay more awake and alert. I don't need that to be awake and alert with the truth. <laughs> a pleasure to be with you both. And it is incredibly hard to believe you last appeared on this show. It was episode three, which was February of 2018. What have you been up to since then? (laughs) I love that question. In the last four years, what have you been doing? I remember that was the first time I was ever a guest on a podcast. And because I was episode three and you were recording, I hadn't heard any of the episodes. (laughs) Uh, to even like have a have a clue. Um, what have I been doing in the last four years? Well, as you know, the world has been, I have no words. <laughs> but I was I was thinking about this. It's funny, because if you go back and listen to episode three, one of the questions you asked was, you know, if you weren't, if you weren't in HR, what would you be doing? And uh, one of the things that I remember saying is I think that I would be doing some kind of coaching. So since that time in 2019, I was fortunate enough to be part of the Nexus Fellowship, which is a fellowship through the Equity Lab that helps equip leaders to make their organizations, lead their organizations to become um, actively anti-racist. And then in 2020, I actually took a course and became a certified coach. I took a course in uh, coaching for transformation through Leadership That Works. And since then, I've been doing some coaching and some facilitating, um, still doing some HR. Yeah. And it's hard to remember the before times. Yeah. We get that a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Slightly off tangent, but we can do that because it's our show. You know, you read those... YA dystopian novels, or maybe that's just me, but it's always, they talk about the before times, the before times. And who knew that we would actually use that in real life? Well, real life, real life is a dystopian. (laughs) We're in a dystopian novel right now. (laughs) Well, and you and I have done a lot of this work together in, um, in HR Wonder Women, but you have really leading the way in doing that work in the DEI space. Why do you think it's important, because you do this a lot, to share what you learn in this space with others? It's important to me because I think as a white woman, especially, one of the things that we grow up with if we are raised white in this country is this idea that racism is bad, which is is true, racism is bad, but that racism is an attitude that that we have. It's, it's a something inside of us, like people are racist, right? It, it ignores systems and um, institutions. And so this idea is if I do something racist, then I am racist, and then I must be a bad person. Racism is bad. If I do racism, I'm a bad person. And the reality is that we are all racist. I mean, we've got this internalized white supremacy that we need to be digging out 
for me, sharing the stuff that I'm learning, sharing the mistakes that I make, I just want to show white folks, especially that it's, it's okay, right? Like you're going to mess up and you can pick yourself back up and you can dust yourself off and you can make repair and you can do all the things to make it better. Um, but that you don't just throw up your hands and say, oh my gosh, I must be a horrible person or refuse to admit it and deal with it because you don't want to admit that you're a horrible person. So I guess the short answer is I want to show people that you can, you can make mistakes in this work and that does not make you a horrible person, which is not to say I'm going to make mistakes. So it's okay. I can just make mistakes. Right. But it is to say, I'm going to do my best not to, but when I do inevitably, it is not a judgment on me as a human being. And uh, I'm a work in progress and I can learn and I can keep going. Wendy brought it up and I want to talk about it a little bit more. I think it is very fair, all three of us to say that we didn't expect HR Wonder Women to come out of social hour. I'm really glad it did. And I think it was a tremendous opportunity for people to learn a lot of things. For you personally, what did you learn from recording those episodes that maybe surprised you or has really stuck with you? And any moments you can share potentially that embarrass Wendy, anything that you can talk to us about like that? Oh, you didn't queue up the embarrassed Wendy, so I haven't been thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy embarrasses herself all on her own. There you to, go. You know, I don't need help with that. <laughs> Okay. Um, I Yeah. I mean, I never expected Wonder Woman to be a, a thing like that, right? I think Wendy and I went into just, it was going to be a one-off extra episode where I was going to replace you, John, for just that one episode so we could talk to Margaret Spence. And it just grew from there. And I love that Margaret was our first guest and our last guest. Uh, we didn't know she'd be the last guest at that time. Um, but I love that she bookended that for us. What I learned is that women of color, women who are LGBTQ, like they are so amazingly gracious. When I think back to some of those early episodes, you know, I learned so much from the women that we spoke to. I learned so much. um, I was in the process of learning so much, you know, in other places. So when I think back to some of those early episodes and some of my questions were so, you know, I mean, I want to say that they were naive and they were, but I realized like, they were also like microaggressions, right? And and our guests never said, how dare you? They answered the question and they gave room and space to grow. And even when they, you know, did come back and say like, mm, this, you know, this was problematic. Every single one of them was just so graceful, you know, about it or gracious about it. Um, and so I think that is actually has been one of the really helpful things in my own journey of being willing to fail out loud is that there have been these incredible women. Um, you know, at the beginning, the folks that we were interviewing were people that were already in our lives. I've just been so fortunate to have these amazing women in my life who were gentle with me as I kept stumbling um, and gave me room and space to, to grow. I think about Sarah Morgan, I think about Elena Valentine, I, you know, just some of those folks at the beginning, gosh, they were good to me. I, I agree with that. You, you, you listen back on them and it's like, wow. Uh, you know, and I was doing kind of the, uh, the look back episodes to kind of share the, the outgoing of us. Um, it was just, it was, it was fun and amazing. And, um, you know, to borrow a word from my daughters, a little cringy, there's some cringe in there, but that's part of learning too, is, is mm-hmm. the cringe. Um, mm-hmm. So 
um, yeah, thank you again to all of those our HR Wonder Women guests because I feel like I'm a better person. Not right. I'm not perfect, obviously, but um, trying to be better every day. And I'm glad you went on the journey with me. Yeah. <laughs> to share that part of our journey together was really um, lovely. Yeah. So earlier we talked about the before times and now we're in the current times. AC maybe after COVID. It's not post COVID. No, no, no. Um, DC during COVID, <laughs> whatever we want to call it. So not just COVID, but there's been a lot going on in your life as well. Some of it you've been open about, some of it you, you've kept to yourself. But I know there's been a lot of takeaways for you as an HR professional, as a coach and, and all of that. And so just want you to share your words of wisdom for other uh, HR professionals. What are some of the things that you learned that you want others to, to know about life, about HR, about whatever that we wouldn't have gotten if it hadn't been for these last two years and everything that has happened. Everything, everything that has happened. <laughs> yeah. And it's always so funny. Share your words of wisdom. I don't know that it was wisdom, but I just can tell you my experiences. There was a time relatively early in COVID where I realized that for my own mental health, I needed to speak to somebody, to speak to a professional. Um, I used uh, the EAP and found someone. So shout out to EAPs. They were great. And made sure that they connected me with someone who also took my health insurance. So if I needed to continue, which it did, um, that, that I, there wouldn't be like a, now I have to find somebody else. So, yeah, so I, I started seeing somebody, you know, therapist. And then um, another thing that I've shared publicly is about a year ago now, I got uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. What I learned or what I saw is that, the more open I was about that, like it gave other people permission to not even necessarily be open, but if I'm sharing with colleagues or if I'm sharing with, you know, people that I'm coaching or, or groups that I'm facilitating, that I'm open and sharing stuff that I'm going through, that I'm able to say, I had a really emotional uh, session in therapy earlier, so I don't, I'm a little fragile right now. Or I'm going through radiation and I'm not showing up at my best right now. We have so much influence as HR professionals. And when we can be real like that and model that kind of vulnerability, then it lets people know that they can do the same thing, right? Yeah, in a way that I, I just, I think we're in a unique position, especially when we think about health, mental health, physical health. Um, if we can model our vulnerabilities and, I, you know, I share my life story with everybody. I tell, you know, all of this stuff on social media, right? Like I'm not saying, oh, if you are an HR professional and you um, are, are seeing a therapist or you have mental health issues or, or whatever, you have to tell everybody about it. No, you have to tell you, like you have to be who you are. But I do think that there are ways that we can be honest about where we are. Even if you're just saying like, I got stuff going on and I'm not showing up at my best right now. Just so you know that going into this conversation, or maybe we should think about having this conversation at a later time. Or, I mean, I was really like, I'm going through radiation. I know we're supposed to have a coaching session now, but can we just push it back for a couple of weeks? And, you know, and the response was always like, yeah, are you okay? You know, like take care of yourself. But yeah, I mean, I think we have to model taking care of ourselves and be as open about that as we can. And one of the things that we have done over the last year or so, 
let's face it, when we recorded episode three, you hadn't heard any. We didn't ever think we'd get past 50. And we've been very <laughs> open about that. However, when we did get to a certain point, we said, you know what? We're getting tired. We need people to help us. And we started crowdsourcing questions. In this case, Alex Yudim asks, what's the furthest you've ever gotten out of your comfort zone and how did it affect you? I love this question because I get to tell you this ridiculous story. <laughs> The furthest I ever had to get out of my comfort zone, um, I think you both know this and probably all of your, well, maybe not all of your listeners, many of your listeners who know me know this. Um, before HR, I was a sign language interpreter. And when I was going to school to get my certification in interpreting, one of the classes that I had to take was in nonverbal communication. And I do not remember the context of what we were doing in class, but my role was to be a slice of bacon. And I had to peel myself off from the, the whatever the thing is a bacon, and I had to lay on the floor and move my body as if I were bacon sizzling in a pan. Wow. <laughs> it was outside of my comfort zone. In that instance, what it prepared me for was as an interpreter, often being in the front of the room, even though I'm not like addressing the people in the room, right? And like, and sign language interpreting is there's a lot of movement and people are watching you. And so it gave me a comfort to do that. But even more deeply than that, I think, you know, there are many times when I've said, well, if I can be bacon sizzling on the floor, I can do this. <laughs> and I, yeah, it was, oh gosh, it was ridiculous. But I think that helped set me up for now. Like, let me tell you about this thing that I said or this way that I messed up, right? Because I learned that you can be ridiculous in front of people and be fine. Um, yeah. And so if I'm also going to share how I really screwed up, you know, how embarrassed I am about the time that I was in Home Depot and the Home Depot employee was clearly trying to like slide out and ignore this uh, family of folks that were not speaking English. And I just watched it happen and I didn't call him on it and I didn't do anything. And that's like actually way more embarrassing than being bacon on the floor. Right. But the bacon thing helps me be able to tell you that story here and now. <laughs> Right. Like I really like I I feel horrible about that time in, in Home Depot. And that was a learning moment for me. And I can share that with everybody because that is my life. That does not make me not actively, you know, working toward anti-racism. Being human is hard. I'm sorry this is not a video podcast only for yeah. only for the fact that you can't do bacon now. I would right. right now for you. Oh, come on. <laughs> Friends, Anne. First of all, um, that was 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Oh, I was going to say like three or four. Come on. Yeah, no. Just body, do it in your chair. My right? body is not going to be bacon at this point. How about sizzling? Is that still sizzling? <laughs> turkey bacon? I don't know. Does turkey bacon sizzle? <laughs> I don't know. How about microwave bacon? Oh, oh my like, God. It is funny. Last night I was uh, sharing the questions with my husband and I was like, so what, what is the you know time that I was most out of my comfort zone? And he was like, oh, it was the bacon. <laughs> he, knew. he knew. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, well, and it's now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. As you know, it's evolved over time. First question, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? When I was little, the career that I remember dreaming about was journalism. And oh. this, you know, as I, the fact that I was in school learning to be an interpreter 25, 30 years ago means that I am not young. 
it was pr like print journalism. People were getting a newspaper or multiple newspapers mm -hmm. every day. And I don't think that I dreamt about like traveling the world to war torn, torn zones, but I really, I dreamt about like writing about the news and having it in print in a newspaper. And who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I have been struggling with this one because this last year, my network is oncologists. <laughs> I mean, really, like I haven't been, I have been very um, present in my own little world and I haven't really been expanding my network. Um, I've got some, you know, like local folks that I have met, but they don't have much social media presence. Um, but I was trying to think of like, well, who should people know? And I think famous and has a lot of followers. So you might, you know, but I think um, following Dr. Uche Blackstock has been really amazing. She uh, is really open about her entire life, but a lot about racism in Benison and what that has meant in a time of COVID. So yeah, I, I enjoy, I learn a lot following her. And if you could go back to the start of your career, What's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? You know, the advice that I would give is this is your career for now, right? I mean, you say, well, if I could give advice to when I go back to the start of my career and I would say, which career? Do you mean the sign language interpreting career? Do you mean the HR career? Do you mean the coaching and, you know, equity work career? So I think, yeah, that would be the advice is like, it's okay, this can be your career for now. And there will be another, like what might seem like a bump in the road is actually just the next turn to whatever the next thing is. Be open to it. And what's your favorite or the most memorable live performance you've ever attended? In 2018, in the before time, uh, <laughs> I went to an all day music festival in Hyde Park in London. Oh, It was wow. uh, Gary Clark Jr., Carlos Santana, Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton. And it was so much fun. Wow. Uh, it was so much fun. And um, my husband came home and surprised me with the tickets. And he's like, I got tickets to this music festival. It was really reasonable. And I was like, yeah, but that's in London. So there's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lovely time. You know, we um, made it we made it into a week long trip and we did all sorts of sightseeing in the UK. But that music festival was so cool. It had I had not been to a outdoor music festival in a long, 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 long time. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure I was physically up for it, but <laughs> it was great. It was great. I had so much fun. And these are all artists we had seen before in concert at various times in the States, but it was really cool to get over there and do that in that location at that time. That is cool. That would be an awesome concert. Wow. If you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, what would it be? I would like to be on the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> but I would have to be on as a character. Okay. Like a person who could bake because I am more suited to be on Nailed It. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be, I, I would love to be on the Great British Baking Show as like a competent contestant. <laughs> I love that. That is... Yes. Recently, it was announced it's going to be Ann Tompkinson Day all around the world. What are we going to do to celebrate? We are going to smash the patriarchy and white supremacy and capitalism. And I think we're also all going to get new shoes, which goes wholly against smashing capitalism. And there is the tension that we all live in. 
It's going to be a busy day. Yeah. Because <laughs> it takes me a long time to go shoe shopping. I hate shoe shopping with a major passion. I just hate it. So. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get new shoes. Well, and finally, as you know, we are crowdsourcing, outsourcing some work here. If you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? So my question would be, if you could seek career advice from anyone, living or dead, fictional or real, famous or someone you you know in your circle, who would it be and why? That's a good question. I like that. And again, I'm kind of glad we don't answer these questions. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have a bacon story to share about the <laughs> eating it. I've got lots of eating bacon stories. Real bacon, pork bacon, turkey bacon. No sizzling at Wendy's house. Sizzling is not bacon. No, gotta have the real stuff. And your question is now in the book. It will be asked very soon. Awesome. It, it is such a joy to be able to catch up. This conversation didn't necessarily go where I thought it might. I really appreciate, it. particularly the bacon piece was, <laughs> yeah. This, this, yeah I, you didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not. And that's what's so great about this is we don't, even though we've known you for a long time, and I still say you can tell people you start a career when you ever want, you know, we've known you a long time. And, and I'm so glad, though, that you're on the mend. Sounds like things are in a great place. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of listeners are probably connected with you, but those that are not, best way for them to reach you out there. Uh Twitter is the main place when I'm on the socials. That's where I am um, at a N N E T O M K and Tonk. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect rarely there. Um, Twitter, Twitter is the place that I play. We will have that in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Uh, best way on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And then of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, and follow whatever platform you're on. Hit that button, check mark, follow. They all are different. Click there. You'll get that new episode each and every Thursday. International listeners, we love the fact that you are listening. We appreciate the fact you are listening. We would love to have you as part of the conversation. It is easier, though, for you to get in touch with us than for us to get in touch with you. Please reach out, and we will set up time and have you as part of the conversation. We may talk bacon, or we may talk <laughs> shoes, or we may talk... We, we have all kinds of conversations, and those of you listening know we do that. We'd love to have you as part. And, again, really appreciate you being with us. So, for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John... And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 